Hi, I'm Allison Hess. And I'm Sophia Fabili. Welcome back to the Playhouse Podcast. And guess what? It's our 40th season. There's lots to celebrate, including eight shows to see this summer. And the Playhouse Podcast brings a behind-the-scenes look at our action-packed season to give your ears a front-row seat. Cheers to 40 years! The Thousand Islands Playhouse podcast. We are recording today on the ancestral lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishinaabeg peoples. We are in the My FM studio, which looks out onto the St. Lawrence River, which is a little bit stormy today, but things are cheerful inside here with our amazing cast members that we're really excited to speak with. Uh, I'm Sophia Fabili, and I'm here with my partner in crime, Alison Hess. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everybody. For episode two, we are digging into Perfect Wedding, which opens June 18th in the Springer Theatre. So I'm going to start off telling you a little bit about the show. Uh, so it's um, it's a gem. A groom, a groom wakes up on the morning of his wedding day with a hangover and a strange woman in his bed. Mix in the bride, her mother, the best man, and a maid that knows too much. And you have a recipe for disaster. Wedding bells or running for the hills. Their big day will be far from a piece of cake. So it's like a stone cold drama, right? It's it's a farce, Sophia. It's a farce. I'm so excited. I love farce. Okay, and the total icing on the cake. In fact, the cherry on top of the icing on the cake is that we have two brilliant actors from the show joining us today. Please welcome Alana Bridgewater and Rena Jolly. Hello. 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 <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're really excited to be here. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So, Alana and Rena, this is the part where we read your bios and talk about how talented and wonderful you are. Oh, so, wow. I'll start with <laughs> I'll start with Alana. So, for both of you, this is actually your debut at the Playhouse. So, it is. welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, for Alana, elsewhere, you have done Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Rose at Soul Pepper. You just did Duck Kink in My, in My Hair, right? Yes. Uh, in Arts Club in Vancouver, Freedom Cabaret at Stratford, Spoon River at Signature Center NYC. You've also done film and TV, including um, the upcoming Zoki of Planet Ruby, mm -hmm. uh, Mysticons, Total Dramarama, Hannibal, Wayne, uh, as well as, uh, I, I think, the most exciting for me is uh, Mr. King Dice in Cuphead, <laughs> which is, I think, uh, very exciting for those of you who like video games. So, awesome. Amazing. And now, Rena, the spotlight is on you. Oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, Rena has appeared in Hamlet with Shakespeare in the Ruins. Torn Through Time with the Manitoba Theatre for Young People, mm -hmm. and for the National Theatre School, which is, oh my gosh, so difficult to get into, holy cow, amazing, <laughs> uh, Cabaret, Venus, Assistance, and Midsummer Night's Dream, and many more credits. Mm -hmm. Welcome. Yay! Thank you. So excited that you're here. Um, and so because the audiences, you know, they, ha they have not seen the show yet, because they're going to be listening to this before the show, um, can you tell us a bit about the characters that you play and how those characters function in Perfect Wedding? Yeah. Do you want to start, Michelle? You should. Start. Okay, um, well, I play Rachel, who is the bride-to-be. Um, Rachel, she shows up on the morning of her wedding. She's ready to get married, but all these shenanigans are going on around her. Nobody's quite telling her the truth because they're trying to hide this mysterious woman that was in the bed with her. I mean, with her fiancé, and it's just a bunch of shenanigans. And so she wants to get to the bottom of it so that she can get married. But it doesn't really look like that's going to happen. But, yeah, so she's, she's the bride-to-be. 
I love the word the use of the word shenanigans. I feel yes. like that's a key word for first. So that was it is perfect. a key word. There are a lot of shenanigans, a lot of sticky <laughs> sort of farcical, comedic, goofy. Any of those words you yes. want to use to describe the play fits the play. <laughs> and Alana, what shenanigans does your character get up to? Well, you see, my my role is Daphne and I am the mother of the bride and I'm the only adult in the room. <laughs> So it ends up being something of there's a bit of the cluelessness as well as the fact that she also has her own drama going on. Uh, mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> secret drama. Yeah. Layers of drama. Um, and so going back to this farce, let's talk about farce in itself because our audiences love farce. Um, but there are really, you know, uh, certain tropes, certain elements that make a farce a farce. Right, Allison? Right. So what do we have? We have mistaken identity. We have slamming doors. We have high stakes. High emotions. We have lots of physical humor. Now, and this one is not one of my favorites, but a lot of women being objectified in traditional farce. There's mm. a lot of like, you know, if you think of um, noises off. off, people running around in their underwear, and it always seems to be the ladies. Mm-hmm. It always seems to be the ladies Sell in their underwear. Sell those tickets, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> but I remember, like, Brett and I talked about this script when we were programming it, and I said, you know, there's, there's a, you know, it has those traditional farcical elements and those things that we know and expect and that make us all laugh. But there's some also really strong, interesting female characters. So tell us, what were your first impressions reading the script? Well, I think reading the script, I, I felt that there were very strong characters and the women are actually the ones that really know what's going on. Mm-hmm in a sense, whereas the men are running around with their their heads cut off. And the other thing is that although the traditional farce is, uh, talks about that and has the nudity and there are certain mechanics that work with it, uh, we don't have that in this particular production. And I'm really proud of that. And Krista Jackson has been really careful about um, how to honor the farce while still honoring the times that have changed. Amazing. Do you want to add on? Yeah. yeah well, I, I guess, want to hear what and, you think. Um, there's so much of, yeah, like that, of seeing the women having to be the the accessories to the men. Or like the butt of the joke. Yeah, the right? butt of the joke. Or they're like, oh, who's she? Who cares about her? Like yes. that sort of thing where I feel like is in this play, the women are really driving the story along. They're the ones who are, you know making the men fumble and bumble around and run around like headless chickens. And it's the women who are like, what's going on? Just tell us the truth. We can handle it. We're not these damsels in distress that, you know, need to have things softened for us to handle it. You know, it's it's a nice change. Yeah. And big shout out to Krista Jackson, a woman we all know and love. Yeah. Um, our audiences remember, remember Krista's production of Sexy Laundry <laughs> last year. So we just love to throw Krista all the sexy, sexy, playful, fun shows. Maybe that's on brand for her. I love you, Krista. Um, <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about, uh, I was talking to Krista a little bit about what she cut from the script or mm. just slightly removed carefully from the script. What, what, was, what does that look like? Are there big cuts, little cuts? They're little. Um, I can't speak to it because it may change. Like, I don't want people to be, like, freaked out about plot lines. But I think that um, what she did cut were things that were just ancillary anyway. And people won't notice. Mm -hmm. And and just to add on to that, there's, like, little things that were cut. Like, there were stage directions where a girl would burst into tears, just burst into tears out of nowhere. And we cut that because we didn't, 
it didn't need anything. Like it didn't need to all of a sudden be having a scene where you're passionate and you're feeling something and then all of a sudden go ah! <laughs> like it, right. it, it didn't add anything to it. So things like that we cut. Um, yeah. And but in cutting it, you also have the ability and freedom to have your own reaction. Yes. So mm-hmm. if you were if it was something that really was meant something to you and you wanted to cry, you could. But mm-hmm. you have choice. So maybe it's not crying, maybe it's anger, maybe it's laughing. Mm -hmm. And I love the ability to adjust in that way so that the story can still be told. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And that's our work as actors, right? To interpret yeah. the script. That's why, like, you playing the role or you playing the role is going to be absolutely different if another actor stepped in. Yeah. Right? And it's nice that I feel like first can sometimes get into those, like, archetypal roles. Like, the young ingenue and the, yeah. and the mischievous man. You know, like, those kind of stock characters that we see. Yeah. But I love that there's, like, this kind of uh, breadth and, and agency to kind of make the characters your own and, and craft your own reactions. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Totally. I once had Farce explain to me, because I was talking about like, okay, so the big thing with Farce is like the slamming doors and the, and the physical humor yeah. and people, you know, smack into something, fall down and get up and keep going. And I was talking to someone about this, you know, as you do when you're a theater nerd, just talking about Farce. And they're like, it's not that, you know, when, pe- when those kind of moments happen that they don't like feel <laughs> pain or anything, but that the stakes are just so high. The emotions are just so high. What people want, they want badly. And it's usually like love or some sort of connection. Mm-hmm. Would you say that that kind of like tightly wound, like it's almost like a pinball machine as it, as the, the show goes. Is that, does that yes, feel like absolutely. a, am I doing okay? Krista, she <laughs> describes it really well as like, as if these characters have like these small and hot sort of mindsets where it's like they just can focus only on the thing that's in front of them and they got to deal with that and handle it and then it just goes boom 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 like the focus it's very tunnel vision very mm. in the moment responding to what's happening in the moment so and this life whole, or death and it's life or death so like the stakes yeah. are so high so it is that kind of like Ah, like <laughs> emotions, all of those things apply to this show. And Definitely. and I love that you, you know Sophia joked stone cold drama, but like kind of it is like it's not a drama, but it's like to them to the it's not a drama. Stage, yeah, yeah. To us life, on stage, for, life like, or death, life yeah. or death. Yeah, but I'm absolutely. sure the audience is going to be having a hoot yeah. and yes. a holler. But yeah. to us on stage, we're like, this is the end of my life. Yeah, this is yeah. yeah the intensity. Um, and speaking of like being fast paced and funny and door slamming and stuff, how has that physicality been in rehearsal in uh, in terms of? I mean, I guess you're not on the set quite yet, so there aren't really many doors to slam, but in terms of, like, the blocking and, and how you're moving about on the set. Well, we are actually blessed to have the set on uh, in the rehearsal hall oh, with amazing. us. So we have our rehearsal set, and some of the, um, the, the furniture are going to be the furniture that we'll be using. The only thing that we don't have are, like, the steps, mm. so that you can really feel what that is running down a stairs and heels um but you get paid extra for that right oh yeah danger pay <laughs> yeah danger pay. absolutely yeah. Yeah. I, I, when i see it i'll believe it um but it's just really great to have you know usually in a rehearsal space you don't actually have anything not even a rehearsal set in the beginning it's kind of like you're placed 
in certain areas and then you're told where you will be, where there will be furniture. So to have that is amazing, especially because it is so physical. Mm-hmm. And it's it's sped, it's sped along the process a lot since we do have like the stand-ins for the doors and the furniture. It's been so much easier to just like play and really start trying things and using the furniture. Like I know Nathan is doing something where Dan opens the door and it smacks Nathan's butt and he goes flying into the, <laughs> into the bed and the bed bounces him back up. Like it's... It's, it's a lot of physical comedy and it's great that we can get a head start on it in the rehearsal space before we get into the real space. So now we're just like trying things and trying all these wacky things and then we can pick and choose when we get into the actual Amazing. space what we want to keep and what we want to... I just want to say that when you watch Rena and all of the wonderful actors that are a part of this, I actually didn't start rehearsal with them because I don't show up until a certain part of the play. Mm-hmm. And they are already like partially off book in like day three of rehearsal running around <laughs> oh you too and but the, the thing that I, I just I'm astounded by the talent that we have in this production and that's what I'm really excited for people to see mm-hmm. and I think also like the speed that first moves at right like there isn't like that is comedy is so hard it looks so easy when you come and you drink your beautiful glass of pinot grigio and you sit back and you relax on a wednesday night these folks are working so hard because and you're also like calibrating as you go like what laughs are landing and 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 what the audience is like and trying to look like you're not sweating on stage like it actually is so 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 hard you make it look so easy and i feel like it's a muscle i haven't really practiced yet like coming out of theater school we didn't really do a lot of like we had workshops here and there about clown and certain farce things but not like a full play that was just a farce Mm -hmm. so coming out of theater school and now being around like all these actors who have been acting for a while and just are so in tune with their bodies and like Mm -hmm. know how to like try things it's so beautiful to see and experience and be in the room because I feel like my first day of rehearsal I was I was I was befuddled like things were going so fast and I I'm just standing there like this and I was scared to move or try things and like as the process is going and like it's a fast process as well that I feel like now I'm like actually having fun and I'm doing goofy things too and I can toss out ideas and you know the things that I learned in theater school are there as well but now I can this is where the real learning starts for me and I feel like I've learned so much in the last week. And you're doing an amazing job. Like, I'm so excited for your future. This is your first production out of theater school. Like, this is a a huge deal. This is your very first? Yeah, out of theater school. Okay, well, folks, you got to come see her before (laughs) she gets snapped up somewhere else. Okay, you saw her her here first at the Thousand Islands Playhouse coming from the National Theater School. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Okay, uh, I wish I had, like, a bottle of champagne that we could just pop right now and just... (laughs) You deserve it. Um, Okay, so I I know there's also like running gags in farces mm. or like sometimes we like to ask our listeners like to or we ask the actors is there like an easter egg is there something that we should they should look out for or a special moment in the play that you want them to be get excited for anything you want to i think they should for sure pay attention to the names mm. you know that's easy to get mis- the mistaken identities part of farce is a big part of this show okay. as well. So really pay attention <laughs> to the names of the characters, I think, is one. And if you can find my husband, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. So keep an eye on that. Yeah. Um, I had a question about... So 
this play was written by a British man, mm. and farce is, I think, traditionally like a British type of humor. Am I incorrect? Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but I'm interested because it's set in England. You know, there's always the option when you are doing remounting a play to put it here yeah. or changing times or changing location. But it is set in England, so you all are English in the play. Yes. And and yeah. how have you found, you know, in terms of like. British idioms or just like that British sense or even in terms of like speaking because there's a different kind of lilt to like speaking with a a British accent. How's that been? Well, we are blessed with um, a beautiful dialect coach by the name of Jane Goodrum Mm -hmm. and she's worked from everything to the new Harry Potter that's being um, presented with the Mervishes to Stratford Shaw. She's been everywhere. She's the best. and She really is the best and I actually had um, a session with her today because there are elements of me that I'm bringing into this writing and some of that may have a little bit of a Caribbean tinge. Mm-hmm. So oh, awesome. um, the thing about the thing about England is England is not just one thing. And so in the modern world, there are people from so many different places. And so that also influences the accents that you hear. Oh, very cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And the writing is very much it's got it. I don't know how to explain it, but it sounds British. It, it has, has like a rhythm to the it. The rhythm of like British humor, mm-hmm. faulty towers, that sort of, mm-hmm. you know, cadence of how people speak. And even, and and I think that's why we have to do it with these accents because I feel like to take it out and just speak as I'm speaking as a Canadian, it just <laughs> doesn't hold the same. I don't think it has the same comedic, you know, right? Anything to it, mm-hmm. right? It's, yeah. Now I'm like, can you? Is it? Is it a spoiler if you give us a little bit of your Caribbean tinge yes, English? Yes, it is. Okay, you gotta you gotta buy a ticket for that. Okay, if you, you can't get it here on the podcast. You need to buy a ticket. <laughs> I totally respect that answer. <laughs> um, okay, that is amazing. Um, okay, uh, what is the best thing about being in a first, and what is the absolute hardest, most challenging thing about being in a first? Oh, the best thing is laughing your butt off all the time. <laughs> These the offers that the other actors are giving and just the things I'm seeing on stage are so funny. <laughs> but the hardest part about being in a farce is not corpsing. And I, corpsing means like laughing, breaking on stage or smiling or giving it away that the actor inside is laughing. <laughs> and it's so hard not corpsing on stage because it's funny. It's funny funny y'all <laughs> but I have to say it I think there's like nothing this is a bad thing to say but I feel like there's nothing an audience loves more than when an actor breaks because yeah, then like they SNL when you oh see, like, yeah <laughs> and you're just break and you know right I wonder why it's called corpsing I've I, never I guess because if you're dead and then you see some like a corpse go like hmm? like <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I gotta look that up oh my god yeah, I love I'm that not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. okay passing the mic to you mm-hmm. Alana what do you think um for me any production that I'm a part of it's about community first and um making sure that we are in a safe community mm-hmm. and that's something that we have here and with Krista at the helm we, there's so much safety and security within that room. Um, the feeling that you can try anything, the feeling that you can ask any question mm. and we can have conversations about things that, you know, maybe from my generation to the next generation, things have changed and we're able to express those things and still at the end of the night go to see Top Gun. I mean, those are the kinds of, of, <laughs> yeah. of relationships that yeah. I love to foster and have. Yeah. 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 It really does become like a family. Well, in 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 a safe environment, it yes. becomes a family. Not a not a disgruntled 
messy family with a drunk aunt. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. right. Yeah, Unless that's we're right. in the show. A, fun, a, functional, a functional family. A fun, not just yes. on functional. functional. We want functionality. Um, yeah. And Alana, can I put you on the spot for what's hard about a first? What's challenging? Or is it easy for you because you're a pro? No. You see, this is a thing that I, I have a lot of professional experience in everything but farce. And for me, I think it's actually being playing the reality of the situation as opposed to trying to get the laughs. Uh, and that's a real that's very difficult. It's a very fine line because you can do everything to be like, oh, that would be a great gag. And then it will just land flat. Yeah. So you can't think like that. You just have to be like, what is this? particular situation how and is it serious to me and is this life or death and i I find that the humor comes out of playing the realism yeah i love your answer that's awesome i think that's really interesting for our audience too because i feel like you go in and you're like oh it's a funny play and i think it'll be a really interesting way of looking at it Mm kind of coming after listening to this podcast and then coming and seeing it about that intensity Mm -hmm. and that life or death as you said um so i feel like you know this but this performance, this uh, production, is landing on the 40th anniversary yes. of the Thousand Ounce Playhouse. Mm-hmm. It started in 1982, and actually I think June 26th, 1982, was the very first oh. performance. Wow. And so we're having a birthday performance on that day. Yeah. Um, and one, congratulations, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. <laughs> uh, and two, like, how, how are you feeling about kind of this being part of this momentous production? And obviously the production's not about the birthday, but having, you know... 40 years and kind of being the the cast that gets to really celebrate that it feels nice it feels it feels really good because i feel the energy already bubbling up like i i see like the design for the set people are excited for the set the costumes are amazing like i feel people wanting to celebrate through this play Mm -hmm. and using this play as a way to like celebrate the the birthday and I think it's just a great show to celebrate because it's a wedding. It's already a celebration. So mm-hmm. I feel it. I feel it all around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to need lots of champagne, I think, on that day. So like a case. Brett Christopher, are you yeah. listening to this? We need like a case of champagne <laughs> just for so the four of us. Mm-hmm. Right. That yeah. works. And Terry Lynn. Terry Lynn can come and have some <laughs> we'll Okay. We'll and share. Jess. And Jess. <laughs> um, I... Although this is my debut, I've seen a number of productions here over the years. And my very first production was with a certain person who's in the room. Um, It was Little Shop of Horrors in Brockville at the St. Lawrence Stage Company. And Allison was one of the young people. What? And I was one of the, I was Ronette. Are you kidding me? And this is why it's actually a full circle moment for me because Allison is here um, doing outreach with education. And then and we have Rena, who this is her first production out of school, and it was the same situation for me. So um, I just remember coming here, and I think at the time we were doing Little Shop of Horrors, and they were doing Fiddler on the Roof. So it was around that time, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So it's just a really exciting time for me to kind of be in this general area and seeing people from my past and meeting people that are coming to my future. With yeah. me. So, yeah. yeah. And it's such a small world, right? It really so, is. Yeah. Yeah. I did not know this. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I was a street urchin. Was you were a little street <laughs> urchin. That's your hit. A hit is, hate it is, is the kind of character you tend to. When the folks are <laughs> from, you go downtown. When your life's a joke, yeah. you go downtown. <laughs> All right. I did the I think you get extra pay when you harmonize on the podcast. <laughs> I, know, I didn't see that coming. 
woman at all. I can't carry a team to save my life. That was great. That was awesome. Yeah. I got roped into being the puppeteer for a production of uh, Little Shop, and I was in the plant. Oh. Worst casting ever. Oh, I almost goodness. broke really? my whole body. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's yeah. really difficult and it, hot. I think I lost half my body weight. That's why it was <laughs> really... Puppetry is no joke. People think it's easy. Oh, I know. I know. It's the person not. who was actually very talented at this got another job, and then they're like, oh my gosh, who will figure it out? It will be Sophia. And I was like, oh. yes. And then I was like, but I don't know puppets. So, interesting. <laughs> Interesting times. Anyways, I could talk about that for too long. Allison, I'll pass it back to you. Okay. So, oh, this has been so lovely. And if you'd like to hear me sing, you'll also have to pay me. So, um, uh, big bucks. Uh, So, our last question before we wrap things up. Um, This season, we're wanting to give shout-outs to Gananoque restaurants and businesses in the town of Gananoque. And so, for both of you, uh, what is one spot that you've enjoyed? I spent most of my day yesterday at a thousand nails, (laughs) getting my nails done. I got a manicure, I got a pedicure, I got a new set done. They look good. They do. They're lovely. Yeah, these are my wedding nails for the show. So I got hooked up real nice there. It was awesome, and I was having a great time. So that's my shout out. Thank you, thousand nails. Amazing. And I am going to shout out. (laughs) On our day off, we went to the Purple House, which is now open, and we had amazing pizzas i had a margarita pizza and prosecco okay (laughs) and um i want to shout out to lois who was just super lovely and wants to come and see the show so the purple house lois thank you so much for your hospitality and we will be back yeah we gotta we gotta hook lois up yes please alana i love that you're the type of person who remembers your server's name That means that you're good people. I say that I serve tables for many years. So. Oh, yeah. um, amazing. Listen, you both have been an absolute goddamn delight. The play is going to be so good. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your very busy schedules to be here with us. Um, can't wait to see the show. And a big hearty thanks to Mark Hunt, TIP's head carpenter, who composed the music for this podcast. Mm-hmm. And we cannot could not, would not do this podcast without the support uh, of MyFM Gananoque. So many thanks to Terry Lynn and the MyFM team for all their help. And for more ticket information and to book your ticket to come see Perfect Wedding, please visit us at thethousandislandsplayhouse.com. Ladies, you have been the icing on the cake with a cherry and a candle on top. Oh, thank, thank you. you so much. You're a great host. Okay. Yes, thank you for having us. I was so nervous. You all made me feel so calm. You were brilliant. Great. Bye. And we'll see you at the theater. Yay.